Hello and welcome to another episode. Today I'm talking about the duality of having a deep inner sadness paired with a sunshine personality. It's a weird experience, so in a nutshell, this is my guide to managing sadness. Because honestly, this year has been unexpectedly really hard and filled with a ton of obstacles. So I've had to learn a lot about how to manage my own sadness since I have to live with so much of it now. But before we get into that, I just want to give the biggest virtual hug to everyone listening. This podcast has blown up with only four episodes and that was something I never expected. So thank you so much for being here and thank you to the Philippines for putting us on Spotify's top podcast charts. Like what? (laughs) I'm beyond grateful and I feel so close to you and comfortable with you after reading through our little comment section. I read every single one and you are just so kind open, and honest, which makes this the most amazing space to be a part of. So thank you, and I love you so much. I have no goals for this podcast. I just feel like there's an inner like connection between so many people that I don't even know and myself, and I feel like I'm supposed to say whatever it is that I have to say, and I just know that you guys will understand me and will relate, and I feel like that's just a sacred connection in itself. So I don't care about like what numbers this podcast reaches, but it's just like the most amazing thing that it is reaching amazing numbers. Like what? And before we move on, I just wanted to say that I'm also super grateful for your patience. Like I said, I've just been going through a lot and I've never really been great at balancing worldly things and my emotions at the same time. Um, I'm only 22, so I'm still figuring out how to like still like function in the world when I have such huge feelings that are like taking control of my life. Anyways, let's get to the four parts of managing sadness that I came up with. And this is a very personal point of view, so it's okay if it doesn't resonate. This is also just my diary, you know? So take what does connect with you or just enjoy perceiving the feelings of a 22-year-old woman, whatever you want. (laughs) Although this is a guide on how to manage sadness, these four parts are also like the progression of my thoughts and feelings when I realize that I have a really deep inner sadness, but I present and I naturally am just a very optimistic, bubbly, happy kind of personality. So yeah, part one is about living a double life. So it really does create this out-of-body feeling when you realize that there are two parts of you coexisting that couldn't be more opposite. And it tends to make me feel like I'm being robbed of fully feeling my emotions for a lack of better words because on one hand, I do fully immerse myself in my feelings, but I also have this wise, happy, silly, optimistic personality within me that has all of the answers. So it's like, I already know the advice and the right things to do and why I feel this way, but the other part of me is genuinely hurt as well. And it's just a weird thing to live with. I think this challenges the idea that we have about ourselves and that's why it can be so confusing. So like I said, me for example, I'm naturally very optimistic and light, but When I find myself in a deep sadness for months on end, it has kind of brought up questions within me, like, is there something wrong with me or have I lost my spark? After thinking about those questions, I realized that as a society, 
we can have a one-track mind about who we are. Identity is so important to us that we fear we may lose it if we do certain things or when we discover other parts of ourselves that we weren't aware of before. And I figured out that that's just not true. It was important for me to accept a simple thing called nuance. On Google, being nuanced is someone or something that has multiple different characteristics that cannot be easily categorized and aren't stereotypical. So nuance changes everything for me. It's a reminder that we are beings on a spectrum in every single way. I can be a bubbly person and still have a ton of trauma that weighs me down in private. I could wear pink skirts and bows in my hair all day long and still be a hardcore drummer in a rock band. You can be a little religious and a little spiritual. You can be in the middle on things or anywhere on the scale, and that only gives you more identity, not less. All of this to say that your identity doesn't lie in your strongest traits. You are made up of so many things and you don't have to lean one way or the other. You can be all of the parts of you and there's nothing wrong with that. This can also work for parts of you that you're not proud of. You are capable of having so much nuance, which means you can change. No matter how much time has passed or how many people see you in a certain light, it doesn't matter. You are capable of changing your character for the better because you are nuanced. So having a little crisis about, you know, my double life of being like super down in the dumps and then also like there's sunshine coming out of my ass. Um... <laughs> <laughs> nuance really helped me realize that I am still that happy, optimistic girl, but I'm also a very deep, multifaceted person who has complicated feelings, and there's nothing wrong with that. I didn't lose my spark. I am only growing up and discovering, you know, more of how I feel. A little side story here is that I give this advice about nuance all the time. But even I had to learn what it meant because I have like this inner knowing that I can't quite describe and it just feels like something or some kind of energy is talking through me to give messages to people that need it. It'll leave me out of the loop. Like I have to figure out what those things mean too and I really like that I can give myself the lesson but I still have to learn it. So that's just a little internal story that goes on in my mind because like I just give people advice and then it creates a whole new meaning when it becomes my turn to absorb that advice and, you know, kind of live by my own words. So a lot of these parts are short and sweet because, you know, not everything's really long in life. <laughs> so we're moving on to part two, which is acceptance and clarity. This one's short. You probably get this already, but when managing sadness, you have to accept at some point that you are sad and you are pushing through. You can't just be on survival mode forever, you know? So you've got to face it, whether that's talking it out, journaling, thinking. No matter what, clarity will always come from diving deeper. So you realize that you're sad. You accept that it's made your life hard and then you deep dive. That's when you ask all the whys, wins, and you figure out where all of this started, which probably leads back to childhood and then you get some answers. That plants a seed. It reminds you that you're not stuck and there's progress that can be made within these hard feelings. And that's it. <laughs> Acceptance and clarity are short and sweet moments that change everything. And I feel like I didn't accept my emotions for a long time. I just thought I could push through and leave them on the back burner like 
I would halfway figure it out, but I would still let them like just live with me. And it's not like you can fully remove an emotion, but you know when there's more inner work to be done, but you just rather sit in your sadness instead because it's too hard to face. Getting over that hump is like the biggest breath of fresh air you will ever have. And then you're gifted with clarity. And moving on to part three, which is the secret is self-worth. Let me just be a little honest here. This year, there were months where as soon as I woke up and opened my eyes, I would start crying days in a row. I'm in a lot of emotional and physical pain, honestly. Um, Emotional from various situations and physical because I have an autoimmune disease that affects my bones, muscles, motor skills. It has side effects of depression, fatigue, slow heart rate, etc. And I'm not saying this for you to feel bad for me. It's actually the last thing that I want. That's why I don't post sometimes because I don't want you to see me like this. I want to put my best foot forward, so I tend to retreat into my shell when I don't feel good enough, and that's not the best habit to have, and I'm completely aware of my inconsistencies, and I beat myself up about it all the time, and I promise I'm really trying to fix it, and I always have been. Um, The one thing that clicked for me is that self-worth is the catalyst for getting everything you want in this world. So all the times that I was having the world's biggest pity party for myself, which there is a time and a place for that it's essential but of course when too much time passed and I'm still just so sad I realized that my self-worth became so low that I stopped doing the things I loved because I convinced myself I wasn't good enough anymore. Having a low self-worth can come with other micro issues that actually have such a huge impact like me not eating as much. I stopped working out, reading, journaling, going for walks. I stopped hanging out with friends and family. I stopped creating. I stopped living in general. And all of those things are a part of seeing your own value. You feed your body because you understand how much it does for you. You make time for friends because it heals a part of you that you lost as a kid. You follow your dreams and create whatever it is you want for yourself because you have that desire. And self-worth is being your own favorite person so much so that you want them to get everything they've wished for. Self-worth is like a muscle you exercise and all of the things I just listed are the workouts and over time you'll start collecting confidence, discipline, opportunities, love, and your dreams by just doing these little life exercises. (laughs) So yeah, I realized that the only way I could get myself out of this hole, the only way I can get myself back from rock bottom is to gain some freaking self-worth. Like, I really needed to realize that I was just hating myself and doing everything that I would hate if someone did to me. If someone else kept me from doing all the things I loved, I would feel so upset and just like defeated and I couldn't believe that I was doing that to myself all because I was just having you know a lot of issues and it happens like that like we all lose our self-worth at certain points and we accept things that you know we shouldn't accept because we're better than that but at the end of the day we're all just human beings and we're gonna mess up and we're gonna have to learn how to get ourselves out of these mental holes and that's okay. So the biggest part of realizing your self-worth also is realizing that you might resent yourself for all the times that you didn't treat yourself kindly. And 
that's a waste. Do not become your own enemy over what could have been, you know, that will slow down and your life and slowly kill you, honestly. Like when you are beating yourself up, you're just putting, you're pressing pause on the clock and you don't deserve that. You deserve to make peace with your mistakes and your shortcomings and to move forward brand new. You can literally wake up any day and decide that you are worth more than what you've been giving yourself. You know, it's hard to feel ready to do that, but one day you just will. You'll get so sick of it, you know, and things will change, but don't beat yourself up. Self-worth is about a gentle acceptance of all that has happened before and all that you will do differently in the future. Lastly, we are at part four, which is where I'm at right now. So it's a fresh realization. <laughs> part four is do it for the plot. The final boss of managing sadness is to train yourself to do things for the plot. Imagine your life is a movie. Do you like watching movies where the character stays home all day or stays at the job they hate or they never get what they want because they just do the same things? No, it's unsatisfying and it turns into a sad movie and we want our movie to be one where like a classic like there's hardships and then you end up getting everything you ever wanted because you did the work and you tried new things and it was all worth it in the end that's the movie we want the point of doing things for the plot is to get you out of the habit of doing things for instant gratification instead you do things for your future gratification you get further along in life by doing things that will make you happy later and not just now so even when you want to hold off on doing something because it's boring or scares you, it does make you resent yourself later on if you never start. This is your movie. You are the main character and there are people that you don't even know who are watching and rooting for you. So start small like I did because going from a depression hole to doing things for the plot can be a big ask. So I made a rule that I would choose one thing to do a day and it has to be something that would make me proud and something that I've been procrastinating on. I would do one thing a day until it was easy. Then I would do two things and up the amount of things I did depending on how I felt. So the secret is that giving yourself such a singular goal eventually tricks your brain into feeling so accomplished that it gives you a bit of a boost like, wow, I can do things and maybe I should do something else too since I have time and I only gave myself one task. You know, some days that one ask is too much. It feels hard to get yourself to do it, so you don't do it. Or you do get yourself to do it, but you're genuinely done after that and you only get the one thing done. And that's okay because you set out to have one thing on your list and you did it. But eventually, some days you'll do that one task and you'll be like, you know what, this feels really good and I want to keep doing more things for myself and more things that make me feel accomplished and confident. And it won't be a mental dialogue just like that, but it'll be a feeling, that a tug that's pulling you forward and you'll just see that you're back in life again and you're doing it and you're being yourself and you're being you and you're wanting to again. I tend to have to trick myself into getting better and doing things because, you know, that's what works for me. So I'm a trickster. It's all a big prank to make myself a functioning <laughs> human being. <laughs> So yeah, some days the one task is all you can do and at least that's more than you would have done otherwise. So always be proud of yourself. It's like a no pressure approach that eases you back into life and you probably won't even realize that you're the one pushing yourself and being disciplined. It really works. 
To sum it up, my guide to managing sadness is realizing the double life situation, acceptance and clarity, building self-worth, and finally, doing it for the plot. Right now, I'm at the part where I'm doing it for the plot and I'm not letting myself forget my value. I'm just really trying to plant seeds so I can bloom again. I feel like I've neglected my seed. Let's pretend like I'm a seed. Um, I haven't been watering myself. I have just been letting people walk all over me and been staying in a bad, low-quality dirt and I'm just not getting anywhere in life. <laughs> And I realized that that wasn't good enough for me and that I could water my own self and I can bury myself in more fertile soil and I can, you know, be present when the sun is out and let myself be nourished and allow myself to grow and have a good life. Blooming again is really important to me. I swear, I feel like every single month this year, it's been like four or five months now, horrible things have happened to me every single month and it's been traumatizing and it has beat down like how I felt about myself in the world and I felt really alone but this year I have cried in front of people I never thought I would cry in front of. I have been so vulnerable and I have just been so sad that I didn't care. I let people see me at my lowest in my life because I had nothing left to give and I was basically begging for life to stop squashing me and suffocating me. And it made me realize that vulnerability is my superpower. And I've always known that. But when you're in such like a heavy mental state, everything is foggy and everything is cloudy and you forget who you are. I, I stopped looking at myself. I convinced myself that I was ugly and I just stopped, you know, looking in the mirror. And I remember one time recently I was crying and... I just got up and looked at myself in the mirror and it's like my tears reversed back to, into my body. Something about looking at myself in my eyes gave me like this warm fuzzy feeling like I love that girl that I'm looking at and I feel bad for her. She doesn't deserve to feel this way and seeing myself like truly seeing myself helped me realize that I was done with this. Like I wanted, I didn't deserve to sit in these tears for another month. I was scared. I was honestly scared of May. It's May 1st and I had to let that go. Just because like clockwork, January, February, March, April really had horrible things in store for me. <laughs> um, I'm not going to subscribe to the thought that maybe May would be the same. I'm ready for it to be over and I just have to stick to my delusions that no matter what the patterns look like, this month is going to be better for me and I'm going to try my absolute hardest to do everything that I can to make myself feel better and I've created like a really beautiful routine for myself. I feel like I should tell you guys that um, a cherry on top of this is that Zach, my partner, has been gone for a month and he's still not here. Um, so I've had a completely different way of living, actually. I've never lived by myself before. So this was also a very transformative time of being lonely and figuring out how I would want to live life by myself. I created a beautiful morning routine that gets me through and actually makes me feel good. And I play music all the time because it makes me feel comforted. And I read more. I read so much more. It's amazing. And I sit on my patio and I eat with myself because it feels better than eating inside. I'm really grateful that I got to learn so many things about how to, you know, just be with myself and be alone because it was healing as hard as it was. 
it was healing. And even though it's really scary when I wake up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and there's roaches and Zach's not there to kill them, I still make it through. <laughs> so I'm proving myself wrong in a lot of ways that I am very capable. And I guess being alone has built up my confidence too. Like I've done all of my things that I would normally split with Zach all by myself. And that's really empowering and i think that has something to do with me getting out of my depression hole <laughs> sometimes life is really hard unexpectedly and for some reason i thought that there was some kind of greater force out there looking out for me who has like a whole book of my life and for some reason i thought that they saw that i had it really hard when i was younger so they would you know make it easy sailing from here on out because I truly think I don't deserve anything else to happen to me. Um, but that's just not how the world works. And that bubble kind of bursted for me. And I realized that it doesn't matter how many bad things I go through. I'm not exempt from more. And I will have to learn coping mechanisms and ways to make myself feel better when I don't have anyone. And that was like a huge lesson for me. And I think that I'm ready for, you know, whatever comes at me because I'm kind of on like a fuck it mentality. I'm like, you know what? I've been through so much and I've made it out as many times as I've, as I've cried and I've just said I'm not strong enough for this. Like I can't do this anymore. I realized that I actually can because there is no other option. And that made me not scared anymore. So bring it on life. I would love if you, you know, gave me blessings and sweet things, but if there's more bad in store, which inevitably there will be, I think that I will approach it with not panic and not a pity party, but more of acceptance and realizing that everything passes, you know? Like it has to rain for the flowers to grow and I realize that I'm just a flower and I need rain to grow too and it can look bad when there's a big thunderstorm but at the end of the day I will have bloomed because of it and that is very comforting. So thank you so much for listening. I have a comment section under each post that I update all the time so we can have like a little sense of community on here but follow me on instagram at Ramy reyes underscore on there i have links to my youtube channel my twitter tiktok all of that which are kind of just like different versions of this podcast i just put my creativity out in several different forms so i hope that today's sweet to you and i'm sending you all my love um right now i actually just ordered indian food so i'm gonna eat that and then i'm gonna head to a lake with a blanket and i'm gonna read and watch people i love people watching especially around sunset and it really makes me feel better to be around a bunch of other people who also wanted to end their day you know just being alone at the beach it's like really comforting for me to know that so many different people had that same light bulb go off in their head at whatever point today. So yeah, let's see what that has in store for me. <laughs> I love you guys so much and I'll see you in the next one. Bye!